So that gives us like a good 45 minutes if that, if, if our discussion can be yeah, contained within those parameters. I think we can hit that for sure. One second. Um, oh, I gotta really be quick. honest. That might be hard for me because this movie, I don't know <laughs> what. Well, before looks like Jeremy got taken by the eagle. What what happened? He's gone. Uh oh. I see dead people. Well, welcome to our first episode without that Jerem. Just he just got raptured. <laughs> he was taken by the eagle. Yeah, I I think I'm. Am I back? Yeah, yep. you're back. You're good. That was that was weird. I was carried Your away Wi-Fi by eagles. Just went out. Yeah, it just died. <laughs> that's what. Like... That's literally. That's what we said. Yeah, what was it? Was the last line to... like a wild ride on the back of an eagle, and then it yeah, was... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were saying we we're gonna have to have to record this one without you. We we lost the. We lost our, our third link. Well, I, I have here, I'm, I have this newspaper and I, I think that I'm, I think I'm seeing something in here <laughs> and I don't know, maybe you, maybe you guys can help me with this, but I see something about a guild <laughs> and <laughs> what is wrong with you? possibly a healer. <laughs> <laughs> Two across. Now that one was very, very interesting. <laughs> I think it's not. Isn't going to play well on on podcast. <laughs> no, Jeremy. <laughs> no. had a prop there. He was he was holding the newspaper. Was I really, actually wrote he was really into it. I wrote my notes on Lady in the Water and the margins of this. <laughs> of this so. I I think that we all need to figure out what our what our role is if we're First, if we ever if we ever come across a nerf nart. Nerf? Nerf. Nerf. I've had a lot of nerfs in my day, but I've never come across a nerf. First shout out to this movie is the poster. I want I want that to be the first shout out. Incredible oh, poster. It's a really yeah. good poster. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was always kind of mesmerized by the the DVD cover. Like, I, uh-huh. I look at that a lot. Like, I didn't really understand it, like, because I didn't watch the movie. But yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was really mesmerizing. <laughs> Um, but what I was saying is, uh, this movie—I I don't know what—I don't know what what happened, but I—I I really like this movie. <laughs> so I, like, I freaking I'm, love this movie. I'll just come out and like, say it. Like, yeah, it, it it like kind of blew my mind. Like what, how I ended up feeling about it? Because like honestly, I don't feel like I even had like low expectations necessarily. So I was like, I was ready. Like when I turned it on, I was like, okay, this is going to be like cool, like mystical vibe. Like I'm ready to, to just lose myself in the fairy tale. And it just totally like every part of it worked for me. Like it just didn't, there wasn't, I, there was like, we can go into detail later, but like, man, it was, so, <laughs> what a movie. Viewers may be surprised to find out that we are indeed talking about the much maligned, nearly career-destroying film, <laughs> Lady in the Water. 
our yes. our sixth our sixth well seventh film I guess sixth episode mm-hmm. but uh yeah I I was very surprised too Jace I haven't gone I haven't revisited this movie in at least a decade yeah and same. like I, I went in expecting all of the wonder of it all of the power of it to kind of just unravel before my eyes in a way that some childhood loves can do you know in a way that can happen to some some movies that you loved as a child and revisit and realize that they actually suck which is really disheartening <laughs> but uh that that did not happen with, with lady in the water i this is my first time actively watching this movie so i i remembered that it's weird because literally the only shot i can remember is the um i remember like as a kid seeing it on on the the TV and seeing like the scene where she's like in curled up in the corner of the shower and everyone's like everyone's talking to to her mm-hmm. and that scene was kind of like seared into my mind as like what a Shyamalan what? moment yeah uh-huh. you, I'd add yeah several I I would say there's a few in this in this one almost yeah so um, you, you know what I scene think... is seared into my mind is the the moment with. I will, I, I will not go into detail because we can touch on it later, but with our one-armed man <laughs> in, the, in the rain holding that yeah. plastic plate and the way the score is there, <laughs> that, that scene is always just like, <laughs> yeah, what a moment. I, <laughs> That's great. I feel like we should give some, some background to, to um, you know, people who might not be as dialed into to Shyamalan's career uh, as we are. So as we've, as we've gone through, I mean, as we've gone through this, this beginning phase, uh, the beginning phases of, of his filmography, we've gotten to like the, I would say what's generally considered his golden age by most is the incredible, like three movie streak of the sixth sense unbreakable and signs and the village received his next movie received pretty middling critical response like we talked about last time um and this movie was pretty much like the the breaking point totally um, panned completely Almost universally panned yeah made didn't did it I, I didn't research exactly how much money it made but it underperformed it, it didn't open number one it was his first of the because he was opening number one with all of his movies even we're talking about lady in the water here right lady in the yep. water yep yeah and just, it, it i'm actually not... looking it up right now it uh the budget was 70 million dollars and it only grossed 72 million dollars oh yeah that's yeah so pretty pretty bad performance um especially for Shyamalan and just critics pretty much across the board did not review it well. So this was, this was seen as the, for, for people who weren't Shyamalan fans, this was when they checked out for people who were, this was the uh, beginning of their faith. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that's kind of the, where the world was at when when Lady in the Water released, and and just to walk through a little bit of like uh, it's 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 been kind of funny because with each movie as we've get, been getting closer to this, it's kind of like that old book. I don't know if you guys remember the monster at the end of the book with yes. Rover. It feels like Lady in the Water has been the monster at the end of the book. Like <laughs> truly, I think the last Airbender yeah, is no, the monster I, at the end of the book. But yeah. 
it, as we've as we watch signs i was like man like what a movie but also this is kind of the, this is the end you know like yeah farewell to the sham the to the Shyamalan we love mm-hmm. and then the village came along and i was like you know what actually this wasn't a bad movie and then lady in the water which i like more than the village i'm not gonna say it's a better film necessarily i, I don't want to weigh in on that but i personally would would watch lady in the water again quicker than i'll watch the village again and so it's kind of been like every time i've been surprised i've been like wow okay so we aren't yeah. hitting the turbulent patches like it's not just an absolute meltdown like like sort of the popular conversation has led us to believe it, it would have been yeah i i have been very pleasantly surprised too because i had the exact same feeling as as we got to signs because i just i love signs so much and i was like i had such a good time watching it and i was like oh man like this is this is gonna take a real negative turn like we're just gonna have to slog through some some rough rough patches but and slog wouldn't be an appropriate term uh because there is a lot of water but turns out it was a pleasant (laughs) It was a, a pleasant, pleasant slog. <laughs> <laughs> a pleasant dip. <laughs> so, where are you at, Jacob? I spoiler alert, I read your letterbox review, so this kind of, you know, we got to be careful about how much we uh we read before, I guess, but <laughs> I know you no. didn't hate it. No, I I um I gave this so I like you, Jeremy. I haven't seen this movie in ten years. Probably it's probably been about a decade since I've since I've seen Lady in the Water, and I was like, I was so stoked to come back to this movie, I, like more than because I had already seen The Village like a couple months ago before we watched The Village, and uh, same with, I mean, the only other movie that I hadn't seen somewhat recently was uh, Unbreakable. So this was like, you know, the, this, this, I was super excited to come back to because it's been so many years and my, like my initial reaction when the movie ended was like, huh? Like I didn't, this didn't hit me in the same, this didn't connect with me in the same way that the village did. Um, and I didn't like, I didn't love it. I, I still liked it. I still thought it had. Like, I still thought it was great, but it just didn't, like, it didn't hit in quite the same way for me. Um, but then as I, like, kind of wrote, as I started, I started to kind of write about it, I didn't write very much at all. Like, I just wrote a couple of points that I liked, but it sort of, it sort of, like, started to turn me around. And also, as I read a little bit more about, like, p- other people's thoughts and other people's kind of interpretations of, of certain things, I started to like it more. I, I still, for now, until I revisit this, will stick. I gave it three and a half stars with, out of five, which is it's a respectable. That's not that's not a bad rating. That's decent. Yeah. That's decent. You know, that's like, a, it's like an 80%, I mean, isn't it? it that's, still, like that's a... still far above what what most would have would have given it, I'd say. So. No, yeah, and, and I... And it's not, you know, that's that's certainly a tentative score for me. Like I, this, I agree with you, Jerem, that I would be most willing to revisit this, but more so not because I liked it more than the village. Maybe just because I've already watched the village now quite a few times in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, this was my first time since I was like ten years old watching this movie. Um, I, I think. Sorry, not to cut you off. No, I feel you're like, good. I feel like our, maybe that maybe there might have been a 
just a, a difference in how we experience the movie just because I, I feel like both Jerem and I were kind of prepared for like a not like we weren't I don't know for me personally I wasn't like excited necessarily to low watch expectations it. I was just like, or like hesitate hesitation yeah I was I, I was like prepared for it to be mm-hmm. not not great and so I, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked it and maybe, yeah maybe you I, didn't have the same I, experience yeah, I think I think that's that's probably I don't know maybe uh, Jacob you, you'd have to answer, but I I was like a mix between the two of you because I, I was I was nervous because I was nervous that like something I loved as a kid would be would be destroyed basically. Yeah. But I have uh-huh. been really looking forward to revisiting this as I this is this might be the one that I have seen the most because we this is the only one that we actually owned on an actual DVD like a real <laughs> one purchased from 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 the store yeah. the others were either recorded off TV or whatever but so so I think I watched this one uh quite a bit see mm-hmm. here's the thing I think like and you can correct me if I'm wrong here Jaron but I think that like I I don't know I I started this podcast already sort of knowing and and feeling in in my in my in my heart of hearts that, um, <laughs> that, that Shyamalan really was not a bad director and also didn't like, he has throughout his career continued to make interesting movies. And yeah. I feel like you were, I've, uh, Jeremy, I feel like you were more on the, on the tentative side as far as Shyamalan's like direction sure. capabilities. Like, yeah, I think you were, you were super, you were still down for, you know, like signs and obviously and, and sixth sense and unbreakable. But I think I, you, I, like I said, correct me if I'm wrong, but your expectations were pretty low. I think for his further, his yeah. further works, and yeah. you didn't like old that much either. No, um, I I was not a fan of old, and I'm 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 interested to see how the second half of his career is on the revisit, especially as we've gone through this real journey with him, and like I think come to understand him as an artist a lot better. So so I I am going to keep an open mind, but yeah, definitely, I I'll I'll say that that I would feel comfortable in, in conversation with any random person defending this five stretch of films as like, these are good films that oh, at yeah. least there is a lot of good to be taken away. It wasn't just like that. He had one or maybe two great ones and then some really divisive ones. I mean, I would really confidently tell people like, no, like you need to revisit these, these movies with, with a little bit more of an open mind. And, and if it's not to your taste, hundred percent. Okay. But there's they are not bad films and and they're not i think that we do we do cinema and certainly Shyamalan a a disservice if we just outwardly dismiss these everything after unbreakable as uh sort of drivel yeah i think Um, i think i'm my my immediate reaction uh this is this is what i wrote in my in my review was i i feel like feel like a lot of Feel like the populate general population owes owes Shyamalan a, an apology for for their their reaction to this movie because yeah. it's so it was so like there was there was so much negativity about it like it was overwhelming like about Shyamalan and this movie specifically um, and it was dangerous that, to say that you liked it like I I caught a lot of flack for telling people I liked this movie. Yeah. I, I was made fun of if I ever said that I, I liked it in the water. <laughs> so I stopped saying it. <laughs> I started believing, too, that I, I had been wrong. So yeah. I will – I want to say really quick, 
uh, just as a as a note to back up all of our all of our um, just to just to talk about how right the three of us are and how wrong everyone else is. <laughs> um, <laughs> that this movie, this is I don't know if you guys are gonna believe this. I'm on the Wikipedia page for this movie right now, and I mean you know Wikipedia, right? The a teacher's greatest enemy. You know you can't trust Wikipedia. Nah, nah, I love it. <laughs> Wait, is this gonna be about? what Shyamalan personally thinks about this movie? No. Because I was actually just... Oh, okay. No, this... the I'm, I'm going to quote right here. It says, The film was ranked sixth in the influential film magazine Cashier du Cinema Top 10 Films of 2006 above films such as Terrence Malick's The New World. Holy moly. This what is that publication? Above, this is rated above The French, New World. It's a French magazine, I guess. Wow. So I'm that's that's definitely coming out guns blazing. I I don't, I'm a huge Mal- Malik fan. I love the new world. So like that would there's a little bit, but like interesting. Um yeah. That's crazy. I But it I was also actually... did win a raspberry, a golden raspberry, unfortunately. Mm. I, I actually was gonna talk about I the I was as I was looking through reviews um on Letterboxd, I, I saw Someone quoted um, an interview with Shyamalan where he talked about, or no, it was it was an article that I read, I think, actually, about, about Lady in the Water. And it was after this, this article, or this interview was done after Split came out, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he said that Lady in the Water is still one of, he still loves that movie, Shyamalan does. He's, well, that makes me happy. Shyamalan said he... It is like one of his favorite movies that he's directed. He said if if his house was burning down and he had to choose three films to take <laughs> out of his house, he said he would go for uh, Lady in the Water, Unbreakable, and maybe Split. Wow, interesting. He would go with Split. So well, I don't that... know if he was. I don't know if he was biased by the <laughs> fact that Split had just come out. <laughs> That's some recency but... bias on his part, or maybe some promotional bias there. But that that yeah. is cool. Uh, that that actually does really make me happy that he is able to still cherish that as one of his creations and hasn't hasn't disowned it. No, I I genuinely like I I really believe that this is his maybe I think by far his most personal work. Yeah. Um and sort of an artistic maybe, statement. Yeah, maybe even his most ambitious movie he's ever made because I I don't know. I my I have so many like there's so many things that just like flow through my head about this movie and I just feel like the only thing like the the one joining thought is like this is just like this is cinema like this is cinema as art like this this is a this is an artist just like doing their thing and I, I this I is it. I'm gonna sound the most pretentious I've ever sounded on this podcast because <laughs> I this like i i'm i'm ride or die for Shyamalan's artistic integrity here and i love that I, man yeah well so it, maybe if this could provide a little bit of framework i so to your point jace i two things and then maybe like a little structure of the conversation so one someone replied to my letterbox review and uh said like hey great like Great thoughts. It's cool. Like they're also Lady in the Water defender. So like you know, cool to cool to hear that. And they said, I, I part of me wonders if 
if uh, this movie had been made today and A24 was put in front of it, if people would have accepted it as like high art. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like, really good point. And I think yeah. probably, I, I think if this movie came out today, the, the reaction would be a lot different. If you oh, strip away sure. people's expectations about Shyamalan and whatever, like this kind of like twisted desire that people had to like watch him fail. I feel like everyone sort of was like, wait, just waiting for the, the house of cards to fall down or like for, for his castle to crumble. And, uh, lady in the water took the brunt of that. So anyway, that's, yeah. that's, I don't think we need to like go into that, but it's something to ponder on and just like a question all throughout there into the ether is like, if this movie came out today, how would it have been received differently? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, but the other thing is just like to provide a, uh, summary for context not that a summary of this film really makes any sense or clarifies anything <laughs> but uh so, so i mean lady in the water is is essentially about a a custodian at an apartment complex of course in philadelphia played by paul giamatti uh great performance by by paul and, we love paul yeah big big paul is a friend of of shameless Shyamalan for sure. (laughs) But he interacts with this fascinating cast of characters who lives in the apartment. And, and then one day figures out that there's basically like a mermaid who's living in the pool. Uh, She's not referred to as a mermaid. She's a narf. (laughs) And there's a whole mythology around it, but uh, well, the movie opens with a, with a, a kind of storybook mythological um, yeah. Yeah. mythological story kind of with, with some, I feel like kind of some, like the imagery that they use, it's, it's, it looks like a, um, like a hand kind of, um, kind of a sequence. rotoscope it, type of thing maybe. Yeah. And it, it like feels with... very like Pacific, very Pacific inspired to me, like the, the art, yeah. which, which is, is cool. Um, and yeah, so it's it's it, we open with the this story of this mythology of these these creatures that are are there to help help humans, and that yeah. all the humans need to do is is to listen. That's the yeah what they what they leave us with at the beginning. Yeah, and so this this visitor who comes to the complex is she played by Bryce Dallas Howard. She's on a special special assignment special mission basically and i sweet that that kind of does it for a summary but I, I i had a few thoughts you guys like let me know if if any of these catches your ear as topics i i just jotted these down in sequence the the first was maybe like kind of where were you when you first saw this what was your first impression and and how that colors how you saw it now maybe we've already talked about that but the second was like i think this is a another bit of Spielbergian-ness from Shyamalan. We talked about how Signs is very Spielbergian, but this is like, almost I feel like you could do a great double feature with this and E.T. Uh, mm. it, it really captures like the mystery of the suburbs. Yeah. In, in, a, in a really cool way. So that that's an intriguing topic that for, for me that, that might be of interest. The, the cast, I definitely want to talk about the cast, the performances, and the score which uh, also my favorite, I think so far, I think this is my favorite James Newton Howard score mm. uh, of his, of his films. Wow. And, uh, and then maybe how the, the film relates to 
like the Iraq War, current events. Um, yeah. <clears throat> state of, I think the this, state of America. I think we'll find that this movie is kind of Jacob. You've been you've been tracking, I think, through um, <laughs> through the last three movies, kind of a um, this this post nine eleven thread. Been, um, I've been tracking yeah. and, tracking and Shyamalan's this... response to the to to imperialism, the U.S. Mm-hmm. U.S. imperialist. And mm-hmm. and I I think no. this movie is kind of the culmination of that. It feels the most overt and the most. Um, oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, this is clear. certainly his most overt movie in several ways. Yeah, which I Very think, little which I think is what created so much, so much hatred among critics uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we could. There is a there is a case to be made that that perhaps the the this is this is the movie that the U.S. government didn't want you to see. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he still is, but I'm all in that Shyamalan was a communist when he wrote this. When he wrote Subversive this communist. Was, I mean, the cookbook. This is the cookbook, dude. Totally. I. I mean, I. The he was. He was figuratively. He was figure, figuratively martyred for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he. He did. He was prophetic. I think. He. He really was. I mean. Clearly, Shyamalan's writer character is 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 obviously a parallel to to Karl Marx and his 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 own his own writings on. <laughs> what's no, I'm just, what's I'm, I'm messing around a little. What's bit. more universal than a cookbook? What's more What's more working class than, than a cookbook? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I think um, yeah. I the there's there's so much to there's so much to unpack with this with this movie. There's a lot lot there so so can starting from like maybe more like less philosophical but that point of like kind of like the suburban mystery of this i i want to hear maybe what images stood out to you guys i think the sprinklers in this are used so effectively and that's such a suburban thing sprinkling the sound of sprinklers the look of them as light Uh passes through them it genuinely like that the the sprinkler jump scares got me like a few times (laughs) <laughs> just those those sprinkles sprinklers popping on they just like yeah it's, it's well, such and, a strange sound and, yeah go ahead jacob sorry let me cut you guys off really quick because this is this is definitely has something to do with the with the what we're talking about just a fun fact that i just learned um this movie the apartment complex and the pool and also a half a city block of row houses were all built for this movie they built the complex. They, they built, built the yeah, entire. They, they built the entire com- wow. apartment. Complex I did read about that. Film. You know, I was I was gonna be curious because the pool is such an interesting shape, and I was like, did they just find that? You know, like because mm-hmm. that's such a weird. You see uh, some overhead shots of the pool, and it's like very distinct. That's crazy. They just built it. Yeah, <laughs> it's why a, the, it's a that's big complex. Budget, yeah. yeah, that's why the budget was so high. Okay. Um, is because they, yeah, they probably the spent like it was probably like a good 80 percent of the budget just on that but on that you know what's complex. fascinating is the budget was super high and like for building this apartment complex but the cgi i honestly thought it was pretty great like with yeah the, the, yeah the, the, i was the impressed grass monster and the weird ape things were great i mean they yeah, love the, practical I, I love the tree gorillas those are, <laughs> those are what great. are they called the uh tartu it's a it's Tartuf- a really Tartufa, yeah. right? Something like Something that. Something like that. Yeah, you could see it's it's 
it's fun to put this next to signs and see how far the CGI has progressed, even in just like the four years between this and signs. And, and but also he still uses it well. You know, like the technology's improved, but he still knows how to how to uh, to well, utilize it. Yeah, in it's an balanced way. by practical effects, by by a lot of practical effects as well, which yeah. I think is the perfect way of doing CGI. Did I did ILM the, do this? I didn't see. I didn't yeah, check. I forgot. It was ILM. Oh, okay. cool. Um, yeah, I'm. I don't think ILM has. I mean, I, I I'm not informed enough to really say this, but I've yet to notice an ILM movie that has had like bad visual effects. Yeah, they, um, ILM they and and they Weta bad. in yeah. my book are like the two it's, patron saints of VFX. They yeah, it's pretty incredible. They can do no wrong. And Sony Imageworks exclusively <clears throat> in the Amazing Spider-Man too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know um, what? I, I'm sorry, Jace. I'm going to disagree with you because Sony Imageworks in Amazing Spider-Man One also did some pretty crazy stuff, especially after that, that video true. you just showed me. That is true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so, so after, I, oh, go ahead, Jace. Well, I was just going to say your to your like suburban horror kind of or not horror but like suburban mystery kind of idea i yeah. really love the shot of the is it, is it called a scurf the grass monster scurf uh, or something scrunt scrunt yeah really that <laughs> does it does sound kind of distasteful uh <laughs> but, but uh <laughs> the name you can definitely tell the names came from a children's story that he wrote for his kids yeah he created for his kids yeah for which sure. is the backstory of this it was a story that he was telling a bedtime story he would tell his daughters and it would keep growing as he told it mm-hmm. uh-huh. so uh, the shot in the in the laundromat where it's just the the red it's the red clothes oh, yeah. Yeah. tumbling in the in the washing machine and then you you see the the scrunt its eyes and it breathes the and it breathes up and the, obscures itself yeah and then it's gone when the yeah. when the breath clears that's a great shot yeah it um, reminded me of the the shot in the sixth sense with with the hand on the table yeah, the, yeah oh yeah the, like it slowly fades away oh and also sorry sorry jerem i know you're about to say something but also this is <laughs> 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 this is also another example of Shyamalan using reflection pretty heavily in in his movies. Yeah, because sure. not only in that dryer shot, but there's also several work with there's also several stuff with mirrors looking at the it actually, in, yeah, in it's mirror. actually like a like a plot through point. glasses too, and uh-huh. through water we see things through water. Yeah. Well, so I was going to ask if if this ever influenced the way you guys saw swimming pools because. <laughs> it made swimming pools a little more spooky for me and like a little more mysterious that I wondered if I swam down there to that grate, if there was going to be something down there, you know, <laughs> little mermaid, little mermaid, uh, living in a hollow. Oasis. Down. Yeah. It definitely <laughs> didn't make them spookier for me. It definitely made them more exciting. I think in a yeah. way, like I, I feel like I have memories of like purposefully swimming down to the grates and swimming pools and like looking inside them. Um, <laughs> The swimming pool was the safe, like it was a safe place. That was like her, her true. safe place away from the, the scrunt, the scrunt. Yeah, I think. Um, well, I don't. I don't really have anything I can say to that to that degree because I, I didn't watch it as a kid. But you know, I I like pools. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Thanks. Thanks <laughs> that was actually Shyamalan's pitch to Warner Brothers. It was like, hey, you like pools, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone likes pools. <laughs> Uh, what well, <laughs> what were you gonna say, Jim? We gotta no, no, gotta you're know. good. It was the pool thing. It was the pool thing, and okay. I, I just I I think in general the whole he created such a feel that if you grew up in the suburbs, these kinds of spaces that especially at night that are sort of empty and like the the weird like spaces where landscaping is, you know, that is used to creepy effect you know where where the, the landscaping goes off and, and you don't really know what's behind the trees and the bushes uh-huh. it, yep. it's it, it, it he just captures that brilliantly in this and i i love that spielbergian concept of the wonder and the magic and the mystery that can exist in the suburbs in this very regimented very sort of bland place but if you look a little closer there's there's something unexpected humming along yeah. Jacob, do you have any do you have any additional thoughts before um, I move to a, another track? No, not not specifically on the suburbs. I was going to move somewhere, but if you have a track you're jumping no, on to. Go ahead. Then, I uh, I kind of want to I kind of want to want to do this a little later. That that my my thoughts. All right. I think well, are are more conclusion oriented. Yeah, so I mean, Jerem, this is something that you noted as well, but for me, the what struck me, what struck me in this film is is that Shaman is clearly, he he's clearly. I mean, he obviously was very troubled in a, by a lot of things in this movie. Like this is clearly a, a movie that he he had a lot of like sadness and yeah. and and issues going on. Like one, you know, I've seen a lot of thing. A lot of people talk about how a lot of that maybe had to do with the response to the village. Um, and he was very how hurt he was by by how badly received the village was, um, but also I think he's he's very obviously troubled by the state of the United States in uh, you know when this came out and and while he's writing this every I mean the the Iraq War is taking over it takes over literally every time a TV is on in this movie it's showing scenes of you know yeah, battle of, of and warfare. warfare. And mm-hmm. violence and, and all of this this stuff and um, I also think it's super fascinating the like ha, like the topic of revolution that is that that comes up in this movie um, and like this revolution of politics and values like I kind of you know somewhat jokingly mentioned like Shyamalan being you know having this like a communist point of view uh, when writing this movie just because. At, in the beginning, well, he, it talks he directly about, he directly mentions Martin Luther King. Um, well, like yeah, in he, the movie, there is a direct yeah. There's a, there's an MLK name drop in uh, in this movie for sure. But I think in the beginning, what I thought was interesting is he he notes in in the uh, what's it called the opening sequence with the art and stuff. He mentions specifically that man moved away from the ocean and stopped listening to the voices of of the the narfs. Yeah. Because of their obscene desire to own everything, you know, yeah. their their desire for ownership, and then, such a cool way to to highlight that that they moved away from the ocean because they needed to build and possess more. They needed yeah, to go yeah. to the land, and then they stopped listening. Mm-hmm. No, exactly, and and yeah. so I think there's, I think he, I think he kind of has a lot to say there in that sense, especially with the United States, um, and the 
the manifest destiny (laughs) well yeah i mean manifest destiny is it is an insanely obvious capitalistic (laughs) you know function you can't stop it no one can (laughs) (laughs) um but also like just even post post 9-11 like wide like capitalism and the desire for ownership motivated a huge portion of the iraq war it was about oil and it was about owning resources and you know and and stealing resources from other countries um Mm -hmm. and i i think Shyamalan was very aware of that and i think he was aware of that when writing well writing himself into the movie as this author who would inspire a a revolutionary leader um some have said that he was predicting Obama. I personally disagree because I uh, have my own feelings on Obama as president. Um, there, there's also but, no way that that was even on his radar remotely at that yeah. point. No, of course not. But I, I think just the idea, many, you know, that many, many Americans saw Obama as this, as this new, you know, this revolutionary new hope for the United States, which sure. I, I don't think actually became realized in any sense because look at where we still are but but um but i think it's fascinating you know to think about how you know what his thoughts on on the united states was during this movie and how he viewed you know the warfare and the constant like the constant just awfulness of of everything that was going on around us yeah and it's still it's still really significant like as like him as as one of the the very uh, very few people of color that were given budgets to uh, yeah. direct and write big movies. Like, totally, he's he's one of one of the only one of the only ones of that era, and so it, it doesn't surprise me, I guess, that there's more depth than has been maybe has been maybe explored when it or, or that that than was explored when it first released. Yeah, yeah. the the uh, that's a. A nice segue into the cast and his cameo. Yeah, I was. And, I wanted to talk about his. Are we? Should I mean he, he has such a large role in this movie that I feel like we. It's can't not really a cameo. Wait. Yeah, no, yeah, we can't yeah. really wait to do the rate my rate the Shyamalan cameo necessarily <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, he has. He has a supporting. He has a supporting role mm. uh, uh-huh. in this. And I, I was. That's, this is one thing that I was ready to cringe at, and and has sure. been like really ridiculed. This him. He's cast himself as being. You know, a writer who would write something that would be missed, would be dismissed in its time, but would later go on to inspire a leader who would create great change, and that this writer would be killed for his beliefs. Uh, and yeah. he's, he's the 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 narf Bryce Dallas Howard's character has some gifts of prophecy, and she's able to tell him a little bit of his future. And, and we, you know what we we reference we reference the cookbook earlier. <clears throat> this is the that's the the book that he's writing. It's called yeah. the cookbook. And you know, I. Watching it this time, it didn't strike me as like an ego maniacal move. It struck me as a very vulnerable move, and just sure. like who else could you cast if you're gonna if you're gonna say something like that and make a manifesto like this? To me, to me, it's just very sincere, and 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 I, I think this is one of his best roles because he brings such a gravitas to. Um, gravitas <laughs> to to this to this role uh, his presence i think is is so perfectly suited to this oh to yeah this role. i i yeah. have i have absolutely no nothing to say badly about his acting job people talk so much trash on Shyamalan as an actor in his movies 
and you know maybe he has had a couple cameos that aren't you know that aren't great but he's great in this like i i don't i didn't have any issues whatsoever with his delivery or any of his acting at all yeah and and i mean i I don't know i i think there is always that like idea of like oh you cast yourself in a movie you must be like you must be like obsessed with your with yourself you must be like really ego driven but I, i don't i don't think that's necessarily true i think I don't know, doesn't fully really have anything to do with this, but I, I think of, uh, there's this uh, independent director that I named, uh, his name's Jim Cummings, and he um, yeah yeah he did uh, Thunder Road, which was a, a short film that got picked up, um, and he turned it into a, a feature, but he, he starred in it himself. He wrote, directed, and starred in it, and... Um, I, I feel like for movies like that, because it, w- it was clearly very personal to him. And for movies like that, I, I have no problem with it with a director. If they have the, the skill to back it up, yeah, then I, I couldn't care less if they want to <laughs> cast themselves in, in, in the movie. Like, yeah. I, I you don't see anyone my, ragging my... on Clint Eastwood for, for casting himself in all yeah. of his, his movies he's been directing, you know? Yeah. I, I think as long as you, you can recognize... Like as long as a director who's who's a bad actor doesn't uh, like isn't self aware enough to realize that they're a bad actor, like I don't I don't have a problem with it. I think my my thoughts after watching it, I think were just like like yeah, it it probably the, the movie probably was you know partially in response to to the the critical evaluation of the village um, and like that whole that whole thing. But I, I think that's kind of what's, I mean, that's, I, I think that's kind of what's beautiful about a movie like this is that it, it kind of becomes like an artist can just kind of like pour out their soul and it becomes like a time capsule of like where they were, who they were at this moment in time when they made it. And, you know, I, I we haven't really talked about the, one of the, for me, one of like maybe the, the smaller stumblings of this movie, um, which is like the, the film critic character that's, yeah. that's, you know, not, not, which just not feels treated. petty. It yeah. just feels petty. But, but I, before... I did feel like I, I, my thoughts were like, maybe it seems bitter. Like maybe, you know, you, you, he, he see, he might seem a little bitter for writing that character into the movie, but I also feel like, I don't know for me, like if I made movies like this one, <laughs> and like critics were were as unreceptive and like as dismissive dismissive of them as they as they have been towards towards Shyamalan I'd probably be pretty bitter bitter <laughs> too like I'd be pretty mad and I, I also don't feel like that that character is a uh, obviously it depends on the person but I don't feel like that character is a dismissal of every critic i don't think it's just like a a a portrayal of of critics in general i think that it's more about cynicism than than specifically film criticism i think that's Um, fair and so you know i think that it could have been handled better um i think that there were were better ways to communicate the message because it is it does feel simplistic and a little bit like childish but uh, it also is a fairy tale, and, and yeah, totally. 
And I think like, well, before we, before we leave, I guess, okay, sorry. I have two things now because what you said, Jace just reminded me my, something I thought about at the end of the movie, like this movie is a fairy tale and, and it is, you know, it, it is a story that he told his kids. And I think like when, when, uh, what's her name the the girl that always is telling him the story like through through her mom what's her name oh yeah let me uh let me try and find that while you keep going i don't remember her name but anyways she she tells she tells uh paul giamatti's character like listen if you want to hear the rest of the story if you want to hear this you you're like my mom sees you as a stranger you need to act like a child you need to become innocent um, yeah, and, and act like a child to hear the rest of the story. And I think that's I think Shyamalan's kind of telling, talking to all of us. Like, if you want to hear this movie, like if you want to actually like like see this movie for what it what I want you to see it as, you need to you need to be more of a child and less of a less of a cynical adult. Mm-hmm. You know, and a so quick y- aside, young soon, young soon is the young soon, yeah, yeah. young soon. A quick aside, I love that scene because like that's <laughs> so what a, what a milk mustache, right? One of the one of the yeah. all time milk mustaches. I think it's so great because like obviously, I think when Young Soon said that, like it was intended mostly as more of like a spiritual, like spiritually become a child, and I think there's kind of a a funny like little thing there about like white like white people's perception of like of like east like eastern eastern mysticism and like that you have to do some like like you have to do something specific to like uh gain access to this wisdom or or whatever Um, it's just kind of like uh, it's just kind of like these two like these two like well like wise characters that are like laughing just kind of like laughing at paul Uh giamatti like trying to (laughs) trying to gain gain access to this this wisdom so before we leave shaman's character completely um you know his his author character i did want to ask you guys this just really quick i didn't realize that the other girl was his sister until like towards the climax of the movie like I had forgotten. I thought that they, it was husband and wife. Like, I feel like <laughs> oh, really? I'll be honest. I, I they did not give off brother and sister chemistry to me during that that movie, especially maybe just because they're adults that live together in an apartment. Like, I I don't know. That, that it's was, an interesting that was, living arrangement. That's the only complain I'll have about the, about someone's chemistry. I definitely yeah. got some weird incest vibes from. Well, from I, them. I wanted to give a shout out to her. Uh, I think it's. I, I hope I'm not mispronouncing her name. It's Sarita Chowdhury or Chowdhury. Uh, so just, we talked about green Knight connections last week, but she is, uh, she is Gawain's mother in the green Knight. Yeah. She's which is great. cool to see her in the, she yeah, was great she's in super this. good. I, in I this. really liked mm-hmm. her. Uh, yeah, and there'll be another, there'll be another green Knight connection next episode, which, uh, we won't spoil, but, um, the green Knight himself, or sorry, not uh, Sir Sir Gawain himself. Wait, uh, we'll in the up. happening? In the happening? Oh dang it! Shoot, no, nah, never mind. Sorry, I forgot that was the next one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking about last hour, the last the last airbender. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Never mind. Dial that back. <laughs> but no, that that's funny. I 
I read them as brother and sister, but I mean, you're not wrong that it's, it's, it's unusual. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think about that, but like, I don't know. Yeah, um, it's, it's a little weird. <laughs> I, I am unfortunately kind of, kind of running out of time here, but I mean like the, the cast, I just want to like shout out to this. This is like such a diverse cast and it's so just like the representation in this, it, it, Maybe there are some moments of stereotype. Maybe there are some, like, broad strokes. But I think overall, like, for 2006, this is just, like, a remarkably diverse cast. And, um, r- like, r- racial diversity and representation aside, also, I think you mentioned this in your review, Jacob, just, like, his his knack for creating unique characters is just, like, in full display here. There, there are some of the, some of the most interesting like funny fascinating little characters in in this yeah. in this movie that are like unlike any character you'll encounter in, in I, any other I movie. I love I love yeah. every single character in this movie is so like so creative and so interesting and no one like it's fairy tale like but also like it, it, he does it in his other movies as well that he just he's so good at creating these these interesting and like different and like funny in a lot of ways a lot of times they're humorous in some ways just like he's just great and i, I love the characters that that he yeah shaman creates that, that, so yeah great point when when young soon was first introduced i was like a little worried like about like how her character would be used but i i, I actually was really like really shocked and impressed by like how I feel like most movies, especially in that era, don't deal with bilingualism as they should because, you know, I feel like the American perspective is like people like look down on pe- on people speaking English with like a an ac- like a heavy accent or whatever. But like I-, I feel like they communicated really well that like she's super intelligent and like is like just a, a really smart person and like that's how I think that's how uh, bilingualism should be looked at is like you're I only know one language yeah and you sure you're not speaking uh, the language that I know perfectly but you also know one more language than I do so totally 100% that's a great Uh, point and And, go ahead Jace well this will be my this will be my my closing thought yeah I remember you had some it's like maybe a nice wrap-up kind of thought I I just wanted to add like to the list of actors that Shyamalan introduced me to and became like lifelong. I became uh, a fan of uh, long after these movies is Paul Giamatti, you know, like Bryce Dallas Howard was introduced in the village and she's also fantastic in lady in the water. And I think that like cemented my, um, I uh, definitely like, a celebrity crush as a, as a, as a youth, <laughs> but then like, just like a lifelong interest in her career. And, um, but Paul Giamatti this is the first movie I think I saw him in. I, I hope and I pray that I saw him in this before big fat liar, <laughs> that <laughs> terrible, uh, Frankie Muniz <laughs> vehicle. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I like after seeing him in this, I, I've always loved Paul Giamatti ever since. So it's, it's fun. You know, it's, from Joaquin Phoenix to Bryce Dallas Howard, Paul Giamatti, these uh, really mm-hmm. great casting choices that Shyamalan makes and uh, has has introduced me to 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 actors that I really love. Yeah, totally. Um, I think 
one of the one of the things like really quick that I want to talk about is I, I really like just the the concept of of Paul Giamatti's character that he's like the the whole like I said like in the beginning they talk about how humans just need to be willing to listen uh, to be like to accept the help of of these creatures and I thought I just thought it was a, a really interesting and inspired character trait to like to give Paul Giamatti's character a stutter. So he like kind of has no choice but to listen because he can barely like, he has so much trouble speaking that he's yeah. more, you know, more interested in listening, I guess, than, than speaking. Um, That's a cool, I, cool point. I also really like just the, the end. Like I love just the, the general message of, of the end that where, What's his name? Cleveland. He he kind of heals. He kind of becomes healed by through healing others. Um, and I and I think there's that's just a really beautiful kind of kind of moral for a a fairy tale is that you can you yeah. can by like selfless action can enrich your life too and like your yeah. And so I basically my my. Uh, Jacob, I don't know if you have anything else to say, but my my closing thought was this: this movie has convinced me that that Shyamalan will be looked back on in the future as as a as a great, a truly like great actor um, and a, like a true a true artist. And he he kind of carved a, a place in movie history for himself by getting this movie made at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like. A- it's insane that he was able to convince someone to to make yeah. this movie. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. I think I think it's pretty pretty incredible. And I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I I think that there are very few directors that that push out as many movies as Shyamalan does without making a few movies that are not great movies. But in my opinion, from like. From the Sixth Sense to Lady in the Water, thus far, every single one of these movies has been interesting in a way that has made it good. If not, all, like even if all of them are not like phenomenal or, or or perfect or whatever, they have the the creativity and the artistry and the passion and the sincerity behind them from Shyamalan's directing and writing that all of them are special and and pieces of art that should certainly not be dismissed the way that many of them have been mm-hmm. um and we'll see we'll see how that continues uh, i think i have a feeling that the happening is going to be a little different um just based off of some things some i've never i've never seen the happening this is the yeah, first this is the only Shyamalan film i have not seen the, this well. is yeah None this is the first it. there are a few that i haven't seen but this is the first in this line of of movies oh, after that, Earth, I, I, haven't seen that I didn't see um mainly i i probably would have seen it if i would have been allowed to watch r-rated movies when it came out um, yeah, yeah. I, re- I specifically remember the marketing for the happening being Shyamalan's first r-rated yeah movie. the r was like red in the trailer <laughs> yeah. <red> R. <laughs> and it's so funny because from what i know about this movie it's like the softest r-rated movie like in the entire world um but, but anyways I, I, I digress i yeah. i think that I think that um, that's that's what I have to say. This this is a 
this is a movie I didn't I didn't connect with it in the same way maybe you guys did on this watch. I, I very much want to revisit it, and there are several things that I really, really liked about it. Um, not on the same level as The Village for me, I, I'll be honest, but I still, there's a lot that I have to love in this movie, um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I think we'll continue to, to love. So Yeah. Also, yeah. shout out to the whoever did the cover of... Uh, Bob Dylan's "The Times They Are a Changing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, was great. that made me cry. I don't know what. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what happened. There was a lot of Bob Dylan me. in this movie that I didn't even. It, when you look towards the end, there was like five Bob Dylan songs. I don't know where they were. Yeah, they, really they played the beginning one. of. Um, I don't know some the the titles kind of it's kind of a weird title, but the rock band plays like the beginning of a Bob Dylan song. Oh, okay, that's um, that's what they're playing. But yeah. um. So yeah, I totally endorse both both of your concluding thoughts. I, I and, and I just add my my third witness to it that um, <laughs> I I would say that I I really want to encourage people to to revisit this. If it if if anything in this conversation has sparked any anything in you, you know, to to give this movie <laughs> another another shot, and it's it's a movie that I like, I will show my kids, you know, I like, I will, I'll, I want to own this movie and, and, and it's something that I'll, I'll, I'll pass on. And, uh, yeah. I, cause, cause I think it's a special film and I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to say that it's like a, a drop dead masterpiece and the greatest film of all time or anything like that. But, but it's nowhere near the, the disaster that, that it's been, been made yeah. out to be for sure. So, right. uh, we got to rate that cameo, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Man, defies. We, we, should we should we call it a? Uh, sh- should we give it like what's the word? Like not interference, but uh, offsides or something. <laughs> not, <laughs> not applicable. He went over into supporting actor territory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna give it a ten out of ten. So. I mean, we can default. We can do, we can all default to a ten out of ten because I think we all kind of liked it. Yeah. I think, I think we yeah. all were fans. I. I, so, I liked it a lot. I, and, it it and defies because, defies all ratings. Yeah, in, uh, in a way, yeah, in in a way, this movie does too. It's so unique and so sincere that it kind of transcends like good or bad. I think I feel the same way about this that I do about George Lucas's prequel trilogy. In a way that like it's an example where an artist just poured themselves into something, went so hard mm-hmm. that like maybe you know you know. It, it, it just—I think it just transcends traditional labels of like good or bad. It's funny that you say that, Jerem, because I really—I actually like—I—I I, while I was watching this, I was like, "Huh, this is kind of like this is kind of like Shyamalan's Attack of the Clones." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like everybody, <laughs> yeah. like the village, the village came out and he put so much passion into the village, and a lot of people didn't like it, and so he, but he. But he didn't let that stop him. He then went and like doubled down on it for Attack mm-hmm. of the for for Lady in the Water, and it's kind of like it's kind of like his Attack of the Clones. Like there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that could be uh, pretty hokey and and uh, you know cringy, but ultimately the spirit behind it is still there and and makes it makes it good. Yeah, yeah. Wh- which anytime I'll take a spirited, messy film over a soulless, oh, pristine absolutely. one any day, any day. Any day yep. of the week. So, yeah, that's uh, that's Lady in the Water. Listen to the listen to the narf that is this podcast, <laughs> sparking <laughs> sparking the the inspiration to watch that movie. Um, 
also, so next week we're doing the happening. Uh, and I feel like I have to, Ooh, I, I feel nervous. like I have to preface that <laughs> my, my, uh, mindset going into it because I'm I am also kind of concerned about this this movie. Um, <laughs> we're, we're all a little worried. <laughs> so my my mindset going into it is uh, Shyamalan really intended to make it a B movie. Uh, like the he he his his goal was to make the the best B movie uh, anyone's ever made. But turns um, out Jerry Seinfeld beat him to it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Uh, oh that boy. was in a sense a double entendre. <laughs> and like the, the B movie is like awful. <laughs> also a B movie. Um, yeah. So that might be a helpful framework to approach it through. So yeah, just <laughs> yeah. I that's kind of how I'm how I'm I'm planning on going into it. It's just like this is this is not going to be uh, this is not going to be Lady in the Water. <laughs> cool. 